1: Powered by Righteous Media. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to Independent Americans. Welcome to episode 256. I'm your host, Paul Reichoff. The holidays are here, and the world is full of good cheer, and full of Scrooges and Grinches. And now, this holiday season is especially a time to stay vigilant.
0: What just happened? Yeah, just a day. Well, I'm releasing everybody. I still got a hold on, I think, 11 four-star generals. Everybody else is completely released from me. Now somebody else might I think some there's a few other people got holes on one or two or three people. But other than that, it's over. Thank All right, you. thank you. Thank you, sir.
1: Yes, this holiday season there is finally some good news for our military. The question is on
0: the nominations on block. All in favor say aye. Aye. Say aye. aye. Opposed no. The ayes appear to have it. The ayes do have it the nominations are confirmed on block. Now, Mr. President, today,
1: hundreds, hundreds of military families across the country can breathe a sigh of relief. The Senate has now unanimously confirmed hundreds of military nominations that were held up for 10 months by a single person, the senator from Alabama. Thank God, These military officers will now get the promotions they so rightfully earn. One of the stupidest and most reckless political stunts we've ever seen in years may finally be coming to an end. Sort of. Because Tuberville's still keeping 11 four-star generals political hostage. Which, you know, no big deal. Tuberville is just holding political hostage senior military leaders in major military roles in a time of global insecurity, daily attacks on U.S. troops, and increasing threats. This holiday, Putin and Hamas are so grateful that Senator Tommy Tuberville is their good little elf inside the Senate. And this holiday, our enemies are celebrating. This entire charade by Tuberville was a demonstration in hackery. And now, he concedes he lost and got nothing in return, but he has no regrets about any of it. Those are the words of a political suicide bomber. One who failed to achieve his radical goal, but still created lots of collateral damage all throughout the holiday season. And throughout this entire mess, never forget, that not a single member of Congress called for Tuberville to resign. If they had acted sooner, and more strongly, Republicans, Democrats, or both, this could have been ended months ago. We could have been having this conversation before July 4th, instead of before Christmas. Because this is the very worst kind of politics. And it's increasingly common in 2023 America. It's why our enemies are celebrating. And it's a bittersweet early Christmas present to over 400 military leaders, military families, and units. Senator Scrooge has been beaten. And don't let him spin it. He won nothing. He was beaten. He was overcome by advocates, by leaders, and by voices like mine and voices like yours. And I'm sure this isn't over. But no matter what happens next, we have an early Christmas present for good old Senator Redneck. Yes, he wins a special end-of-year holiday prize for being among the worst little boys this Christmas. Alabama's Senator Redneck is our official national champion, our grand prize winner, our 2023 Asshole of the Year. Hit it, Chris. Yep, yeah, Tuberville is and forever will be a Scrooge, a Grinch, and most of all, an asshole. But our guest in this episode is the opposite of an asshole. He's a very nice guy. He's a role model. He's a dad who cares. He's a guy who's not spending every single day trying to undermine our national security. He's a guy trying to make a positive change. A guy working to break the broken political system that elects and empowers radical partisans like Tuberville. And he's a fun guy to chop it up with. He is the former presidential candidate, former candidate for New York City mayor, and the co-chair of the Forward Party. He's my friend, a guy I don't always agree with, but I always love to talk with, Andrew Yang. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm up at Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca right next to the narrow, but I'll be hooded forever. I'm in the new Sinatra and since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop in Harlem. All of my dealings in
1: So as an early holiday present, Andrew Yang is back. One of my favorite guys to talk with, debate with and think with. We're going to talk about all the many candidates for president. We're going to talk about why he's so excited about Dean Phillips, a guy you probably never heard of. We're going to talk about The Rock. We're going to talk about NBA basketball. We're going to talk about Biden, Trump, and everything else. But it's a dynamic, interesting, fun, and positive conversation to help bring you through these difficult times and to help bring you into the holidays. Welcome to a conversation about the all of it with our friend, the one and only Andrew Yang. Here's a conversational gift for all you good little boys and girls. Welcome to Independent Americans, episode 256. Ho, ho, ho. Ladies and gentlemen, independent Americans around the country and around the world, we are bringing back a returning champion, a, a one of our, our, our most popular guests in the history of the show, a man of the moment, a guy who I have lots to talk about, about everything going on in the world of news, politics, culture, and maybe a little dash of, of New York City. The great and powerful Andrew Yang is back on <laughs> Independent Americans.
0: I like I, I like the, that intro. I got to tell my wife. Be like, hey, baby, you will henceforth refer to me as the great and powerful. Well, you know what? The way Adams is going, you're looking greater and more powerful every single day. That guy, man, that that's a, uh, you know, it, it, it's a head shaker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish I was more surprised, but the guy is who he is.
1: You know, can, can I, everybody who knows him kind of feels the same way, right? I mean, he's kind of always been this guy. I mean, and now it's just on steroids and at the highest level.
0: I, so I, I will say to you, I don't think I've shared this at any point. Um, but like after the election, my wife turned to me and said, well, you know, maybe, maybe it'll turn out all right. And I was like, I don't think he gets through a turb without corruption swapping him because if you're undisciplined, it's not like you, you put yourself at uh, the pinnacle of power and then you become disciplined. <laughs> That's not really the way it goes. It's like, actually, it's going to end up giving rise to your, Base our instincts and impulses. And I, you know, I think we're seeing that he's, he's arrogant and he's sloppy. And those two things together,
1: you know, it's a lot of like what we saw with Trump. It's like, it's only a matter of time before he hits a bunch of guardrails and they finally catch up with him. Right. I mean, how many times can you spend, we had de Blasio sleeping in till noon, this guy's going out till three in the morning at clubs and then not on the shit the next day when there's a rainstorm. I mean, it just, It's really just like, I think, a reflection of the leadership crisis we see not only in in, in New York, but across the country, but especially in New York. And there was an article in The Times, you probably saw it today, about how many people are leaving New York City. and Most of them probably didn't even vote for all the reasons you and I have talked about in the past, but they're voting with their feet and they're leaving the city.
0: Yeah, there were about nine million people who voted. Sorry, nine hundred thousand people who voted in the Democratic primary, which is maybe eleven percent. So the, if if someone left the city, the odds are they were in the eighty nine percent who did not vote. <laughs> you know, they're, 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 but they're voting with their feet. Well, they're voting well, with their feet all the way to Florida. You know, I mean, it, it, it's. Uh, I mean, you and I probably have friends who resemble that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, every week I feel like I meet a new family. Of, it's in my friend group. That's like we're out. We're going to Jersey. We're going to Connecticut. We're going upstate. We're going somewhere else It's more affordable, where child care isn't as high, where it doesn't feel like the crime is getting worse, and there's construction and quality of life issues
0: everywhere. Dude, I cannot believe that he cut the cop classes. That's I, I thought that was fucking madness.
1: I just told my kids this morning, and, and I love talking to you about anything, right? And um, this is why I love having you back, and I hope you'll come back again. I was telling my kids this morning, um, I said, you know, he cut... He's cutting firefighters. And my son looked at me and goes, why? That's so stupid. And I said, you know what else they're cutting? I said, libraries on Sunday. He
0: goes, why would they cut libraries? He goes, That's it doesn't so even stupid. save any money. The whole thing was nuts. The firefighters thing is nuts. I mean, if I had to hold the line on anything, it would be cops and firefighters and libraries on Sunday. <laughs> it's like a pretty reasonable list.
1: Yeah. Well, all right. A lot, a lot I want to get into with you. And, and, uh, I always ask
0: every guest and Andrew, I can't, uh, not ask you, where are you and how are you? I am in New York city at present. Uh, I am good. You know that it feels like the end of the year is racing toward us. So I've got end of your stuff. Uh, there's a board party online rally December 18th and anyone who wants to can go. So we're, we're starting to do some programming and prep for that. Uh, and because I run and, um, and represent a number of orgs. Like there's a lot of asking this time of year. So uh, the people that are out there, you know, you might uh, live this too, Paul. But you know, you're probably getting asks. Uh, and uh, I, I both get and receive, <laughs> or yeah. I give. I, I'm both asking and getting asked.
1: Yeah, when I mean, when I ran IVA, I think you know something like 45 percent of our revenue came in December and November. And it's just like a really heavy workload, especially for folks who work in nonprofit and politics, because you have these fiscal deadlines. And it's also just, it is the season of giving where people want the tax write off. They want to give, they feel generous. And it's, it's, I think it's a really important reminder that, you know, not just our cops and firefighters, but a lot of people who do good in the world are working pretty hard this time of year. And it's not, it's not exactly smooth sailing for them, but, or for anybody, which is something I kind of want to ask you about, Andrew, and I didn't plan this, but a lot of parents I think are under real stress right now. Right. I mean, it's been a, it's been a long couple of years coming out of COVID. There's financial stress, there's political unrest, there's hate crimes happening you know, all across this country. And you've always one of the reasons I, I love talking to you and, I, and I'm really happy and honored to have you as a friend is you're a positive role model. You're a positive energy force in this kind of toxic environment. Do you have any thoughts on just being a dad right now and being a parent and, and navigating this world with with kids?
0: Yeah, you're only good to others if you're in proper shape yourself. So, uh, you know, I try and exercise, get outdoors, uh, get a little bit of um, uh, zen out, uh, me time, which in my case might just be watching sports. You know, that that's one thing that <laughs> I'll be like, I'm just gonna fucking watch this, uh, you know, in season tournament game or whatever the heck. Um, uh, and when I do those things, it's interesting is that I realized watching sports that there's something just so highly functional about these athletes performing. And then uh, even being exposed to it, I think, ends up making you feel like, okay, I should man up, (laughs) do whatever. So those are some of the things I do for myself. I I think that's really true. I've been watching a lot of
1: sports lately, and and I think it's a good escape, but it's also – it's also been an amazing time for sports, right? It's like such a terrible time for politics and contrasted with this amazing time in sports. And I, this I did plan for. We got to talk about the Knicks. I mean, you and I are both, you know, big basketball fans. The Knicks are really good. Like tonight as we record this, they're playing the Bucks in a huge matchup. This team is is really good, right? They may not be great, but they're, they're maybe the, the most competitive team, the winningest team we've had in a while.
0: You know, they remind me a little bit of the Nets before the Nets went uh, into the superstar era. You remember that there was like a quality, scrappy playoff team that was likable. And then they traded in the chips for uh, KD and Kyrie and then eventually Harden. Um, So this Nets, this Knicks team is interesting, is that you kind of are waiting for the shoe to drop and they are becoming more and uh, more and more appealing for stars Uh, And when they didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell, I thought like eh, that that was a missed opportunity. Now might have been wise, honestly, like you you look at it. So uh, you have to uh, see who they end up with. Mm. But they're going to be right there for whichever major star is on the move. Uh, You know, some of the names you hear out there, I think one of the more realistic one might be something like a Carl anthony Towns. But the Timberwolves are kicking so much ass that, you know, they're not going anywhere for at least this year.
1: Yeah, and I think it's fun because they keep getting better, right? Like Brunson's on another level. Robinson took a huge step up. R.J. Barrett's finally, like, realizing his potential. DiVincenzo and this whole Villanova thing. I mean, they're really fun to watch, and they they keep getting better, which is also, I think, giving me a bit of hope at a time when it feels like so many things are getting worse.
0: They're, they're like the nets of of that era where it's like you can sense there's a positive culture. Uh, you know, Josh Hart's a big part of that. Yeah. Thibodeau. And then they also have this old school nickery to them because Thibodeau was freaking Van Gundy's assistant and all that jazz.
1: Yeah. Well, see, this is if you've never had a sports show, you should just have a sports show. Have you ever done the Manning cast? You might, that you'd be a great guest for the Manning cast. And I just found out Kevin Hart's going to be doing his version of the Manning cast during the
0: NBA tournament. So, dude, this, for whatever reason, I'm becoming more and more of an NFL fan as, as, as we maybe get a little bit older. And this has been a weird season or certainly the, uh, you know, the New York teams. I mean, holy crap, this, I, I don't know if you saw that the, the Jets cut. Tim (laughs) today and then zach wilson's like i'm not sure i want to actually start again and part part of it's like on a human level you're like yeah but on on the other level it's like come on man you got to fucking grab that ball i mean there there are only so many freaking you know opportunities in life or in the nfl so if someone says you you're going to start you would be like all right i'm back instead of being like yeah i don't know if i'm I'm into that (laughs) you know even though human nature i kind of get it but come on you gotta you gotta do it I mean, the NFL keeps
1: delivering on drama, right? I mean, even last night's game with Jacksonville and, and Cincinnati and
0: uh, Trevor Lawrence getting hurt. I mean, every I week bad for like, all these dudes getting hurt. That, that's one thing. Yeah. Like You can't even keep track. There was like some joke ad where it's like, who's the starting quarterback on this team this week? And it's like, I have no idea. You know? <laughs> so many of the dudes uh, have got hurt. And it's the opposite
1: of politics where you could be on a ventilator and still in the Senate, right? I mean, so maybe... Let's shift over there and ask you, I want to get into Dean Phillips. I want to get your thoughts on the whole landscape, but let's talk forward because you were here a little over a year ago. You know, forward has come a long way. Give us the update for folks who aren't watching it closely or maybe it's not on the radar. How do you evaluate where you are now at this point coming into the end of the year for forward and all that you're trying to build and you shared with us last time you were on the show?
0: Oh, yeah. We have some really exciting developments. Uh, We had a host of victories, including a couple of people who are literally just running on the forward line um, in their community in Connecticut and Florida. Uh, We're up to 40 aligned elected officials, either just out and out forwardists or uh, they say that they're on board with the forward uh, agenda. Uh, We just got ballot recognition in South Carolina, which is a huge deal, uh, and Utah. So the movement's growing uh, all over the map, and our goal is to support hundreds of local candidates in 2024. Now, when people think about 2024, what do they think about? They think about the presidential, and you and I are going to get into that. Um, Forward is doing a local grassrootsy approach that has nationalized impact. What we're going to do is we're going to support local reasonable candidates in Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania because your vote's not going to matter my vote's pro- not not going to matter. Um you know that this election is going to get decided by 1 to 200,000 voters in six states. Uh and so Ford is going to be boosting the turnout of sane moderate voters behind sane moderate candidates in those swing states in 24. But mostly Democrats And, you know, are there any
1: independents specifically like relevant to this audience in particular? Yeah, yeah. In Arizona,
0: in Arizona, there's a congressional candidate, uh, Clint Smith, who's running as an independent against Andy Biggs, who's a MAGA guy. Um, So, you know, that's one of the joys of Ford is like uh, Democrat. Sure. Independent. Awesome. Um, Occasional Republican who's trying to fight off, uh, uh, you know, an extreme opponent. Sure. And that's one beef I have with the Democrats is that. They, they'll ignore that kind of race. And I'm just like, look, there's a huge difference between Kelly Murkowski and Kelly Shabaka, <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Sorry, Lisa Murkowski and, and Kelly Shibaka. If you don't know who those two people are, you can look it up. They both ran for Senate in uh, Alaska. And if you're a Democrat, you're like, yeah, they both have an R next to their name. It's like, oh, there's a fucking gulf between those two humans. <laughs> yeah, and a, a strange personal
1: connection. Shabaka's uh, husband went to Amherst with me. So I've known him for like 30 years and have watched, you know, this, this, this evolution happen, but let's bring it back to the 2024 race, because this is what I, what I want to ask you. You've said before forward's not going to endorse or or put forward a candidate for president for 2024. I assume that's still the case, but now you've got no labels who's playing this shady game that I've talked about on this show before that still hasn't crystallized. There's talk of maybe Liz Cheney declaring as an independent, as a Republican, as something else. Mark Cuban is playing around with maybe running for Senate, maybe running for president. But you've decided to pick Dean Phillips. And and that's I assume it's you personally, not the organization. I'll let you expand it. But my immediate reaction was, what the fuck? Why Dean Phillips? Right. Candidly, if he is a Democrat, if he doesn't have a chance to win, he's a guy most people haven't heard of. And realistically, you know, unless Biden gets sick or dies, he's doesn't really have a chance. So why I want to let you
0: expand on why are you putting your personal energy behind Dean Phillips? I'm I'm super excited about Dean Phillips. And if you look at his background, he was the CEO of Talenti Gelato. Delightful, so, delicious, <laughs> so, delicious, undoubtedly delicious. Three term member of Congress from, if anything, a red leaning swing district uh, in the Min- Minneapolis suburbs. Uh, So after Trump won, he said, "Okay, I have to do more. So he ran for Congress, flipped a district, third term member of Congress. And then he looked up and saw the same thing that I'm betting a lot of folks who are your listeners are looking up saying, wait a minute, how do I feel about this Biden-Trump rematch? Uh, And I feel terrible about it on a number of levels, not the least of which is I think Trump wins that. You know, if you look at the polling, Biden is down in five of the six swing states. Uh, He's trending downward. A generic Democrat beats Trump by eight points. And so my joke for Dean is just legally change your name to capital G, capital D, generic Democrats. Be like, hey, generic Democrat here. He's a 54-year-old moderate member of Congress who's stepping up to give the country an alternative. And I think he's got a really good chance to win, Paul. And I'll even break down how I think it plays out. So check it out. First state to vote, New Hampshire, January 23rd. They rejected Joe three out of three times, and that was before he demoted them for South Carolina. Joe Biden's not even technically on the ballot in New Hampshire. He's going to be a write-in. And so let's say I'm right and Dean Phillips brings an upset on January 23rd. Imagine the headlines where it says, sitting incumbent president endorsed by everyone under the sun loses the first Democratic primary to the no-name member of Congress, Dean Phillips. Dean Phillips is actually what most Americans want, what most Democrats want. You look at the polling, 57% of Democrats don't want Joe. 70% of Americans are nervous about Joe. You know, you, you trade Joe in for a 54-year-old former CEO who just wants to make shit work better. He will... Dunk on Trump, just the way I think Nikki Haley would destroy Joe Biden in the general. Uh, Dean Phillips would make Trump seem like ancient and crazy, you know, whereas if you have Joe Biden, unfortunately, Joe is even more ancient. So people give Trump a pass on the age thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have t- I, have,
1: I have two related questions, right? Because I'm not buying Dean Phillips. I like what he stands for. I, I, I believe in the message. But but as as often with you, Andrew, like I agree with the prescription. I don't necessarily uh, sorry agree with the diagnosis. I don't necessarily agree with the prescription. Right. Like we see the landscape in much of the same way. But but I don't think that Dean Phillips is going to capture any attention, any energy. And even if something were to happen to Biden, which maybe would be the most compelling argument is, OK, generic Democrat, because he literally is like generic Democrat. Like that's his level of of, of recognizability. In, in America at this point, if something were to happen to Biden, there's like 25 people that are going to jump past Dean Phillips in the Democratic Party. And I don't think that all of a sudden the party is going to be reasonable and moderate and just fold in behind Dean Phillips. So I, I just I just don't see it. And then I ask you as a guy who's trying to build something different. Are you not on some level supporting the status quo by even supporting a Democrat? I would I would wonder why you wouldn't either sit it out completely or say I'm picking, you know, Liz Cheney or even, I don't know, someone who's an independent like a Cornell West. Someone who is who is going to, by nature of their candidacy,
0: blow up both parties and not just one. All right. I, I'd love to dig into this. So check it out. Um, we get a couple of shots on goal in this process. Uh, you know, right now we're in the nomination zone. So if I were to say, hey, uh, I, I'm more pro Nikki Haley than Donald Trump, which I am. And so if I were to to donate to Nikki Haley or uh, like push for Nikki Haley, and then she loses to Trump, then we're staring at the general. So right now we're at a point where you can influence maybe the party's nomination processes and we should be trying to upgrade on the Trump versus Biden matchup in any way we can. So if someone's listening to this and is trying to help Nikki Haley, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm going to put Dean Phillips in the same category. What do you think the odds of Nikki Haley upsetting Donald Trump are. I mean, Dean Phillips's odds of upsetting Joe Biden are at least as high, in part because there's a 10% chance Joe Biden literally expires like during this time frame. So you're starting at 10%.
1: <laughs> but if that <laughs> happens, then but, but if, if that there. happens, you got Buttigieg, you got Kamala Harris, you got potentially Bernie Sanders, you've got Pritzker, you've got maybe Wes Moore. How does Dean Phillips stack up in that very crowded environment where then everybody comes in?
0: Uh, Well, he would have a number of massive virtues. Uh, Number one, he'd actually be on the ballot in a lot of these states and some of these other candidates uh, would be Johnny-come-latelys. Number two, he's the only person who actually stepped up to do it at some personal risk. Uh, You know, he's already given up his congressional seat. These other careerists and conformists and check the wind types will be like, oh, now the Joe's out, like, I'm here. Uh, you know, like <laughs> Dean would be like, where were you X months ago when it actually meant something and you actually had to put your ass on the line? Um, so and you'll appreciate this. But Dean's father died in a helicopter crash in the Vietnam War. And yeah. Dean visited his grave last year and, and came back and was like, OK, like, what am I doing? You know, a- am I here in D.C. to try and climb the ladder? Am I going to do what I think is right for the country? And he, what he's doing right now is, to me. Uh, a massive opportunity for us. And the great thing, Paul, is like, let's say you're right. And Dean, uh, you know, doesn't win the Democratic nomination. Then we can just turn to other uh, candidates in the general if that if that is the plan. Um, but can I ask what, you about
1: that point, though, if he doesn't win the nomination and he declares as an independent.
0: Like oh, that, that's something said. that I think
1: appeals to more people because he's kind of like generic Democrat, but also with all the downside of being yeah, a Democrat in
0: places like Pennsylvania and Ohio, right? He's already where, said that he's just going to turn around and back where the Democratic nominee is. Yeah, that, that's um, why, because, frankly, that's why dangerous. Like, I'm not...
1: That's why I think a lot of
0: independents like me are not really feeling it. It's like no, but but he's he's our stealth independent. Uh and this is what I mean. <laughs> Check it out. So he's already said, look, if I get in there, it's going to be a nonpartisan, bipartisan cabinet. I'm just gonna bring in whomever. And yeah. that was before the Democratic Party has been shiving him every single day, which they have been. So imagine a guy who's the only member of Congress who refuses to dial for dollars, uh, whose jam is trying to repair America, uh, and then he gets in there. He'd have the uh, you know, the ideologically, the ideological spectrum covered in his cabinet. He he's actually the stealth person to shake the two-party system down to its core. And and you're seeing it play out right now. Oh my gosh, what's up? I didn't even know you were here. What's up, little boy? You wanna say hi. <laughs> Speaking uh, of stealth. <laughs> yeah, very stealthy. Um, so hi, they- buddy. So Dean Phillips is a massive change engine in the guise of a totally reasonable, moderate, moderate Democrat. Because if you look at what's happening right now with him versus Joe Biden, it's the fucking machine versus Dean. Like the Florida Democrats are saying, hey, there's no. So th- this dude is running against the machine in the same way as a lot of folks that you and I represent. I get it. look, We'd it's
1: like it's, Well, first of all, do you want to take a pause to say hello to your kid? For those who are listening, like, why do we just stop? I can either edit that out. I think he. I don't know if he's gone or where he is, but he's yeah, where did he go? He's good. At uh, I, right thought, I, I think he's gone. Okay. Your kid, your kid made a made a cameo. We can cut that out if you want or uh keep rolling here. But I, I look again, like I get it. Like I like Dean Phillips. And and, and, all, and this I, is this is part of it too, Paul. And you and I have this yeah. experience. And hold on, Andrew. Like I like I like him, okay? And I and I like his message. I wish he was an independent, right? I really do. I wish he was an independent and I understand he's making a choice to go with him. the idea that he gave up a whole lot. Look, most of the country never heard of Dean Phillips and and they're going to hear a lot more about him over the course of next year in the same way you know, you have emerged to be a voice for so many. So I think I, I'm hoping Dean Phillips is around for a long time. But I don't think the Democratic Party is a place that, I want to be associated with. And I think a lot of other people, especially in the last couple of months, are are pushing back not just on Biden, but on the Democratic Party because of the liberals in in relation to Israel, because of so many other factors. So if I'm playing the long game, like I would love to see Dean Phillips in the Senate as an independent, or even you can make an argument running as a third party alternative who's sane relative to Kennedy and, 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 Cornel West and the others that are kind of typically wacky for independence, which I would like to see a serious independent candidate, someone who's reasonable and who's experienced and who's thoughtful and and not just self-promotional, right? He's not Vivek or something like that. He is a reasonable guy. I just think he's on a suicide mission right now. And I want to know what the longer term strategy is when he doesn't beat Biden in New Hampshire and he doesn't
0: catch hold and he runs out of money. Um, well, the fun thing is he's rich. So he's starting off with some money. Um, but but what I was going to say is that you and I have an advantage, Paul, that sometimes we know these people as human beings. Uh, so I met Dean last year. He's a member of Congress. He was speaking at an event for campaign finance reform. And he talked about how uh, DC is even worse than he thought it was going to be. Uh, and it, it's Contemptible the way that his colleagues just uh, have to scurry away to dollar for dollars in their cubicles all the time. And I heard this and I was like, oh, I like this guy. Um, and then I was part of his entire process where he was trying to get people to run uh, against Joe and was considering running himself. So I saw that entire path. And then when he decided to throw down, I was like, oh my gosh, I saw it as a massive, active character. I mean, like, I- I've met Cornell West, I've met uh, like a-, a lot of different people. And like, so. a a lot of these folks come through the screen as, you know, certain types of characters or whatnot, but you and I have the advantage of we've actually been around some of them. Uh, And, and Dean is a great human being who would make a great president. And that goes a very long way for me. It's like, you know, it's like if I would be totally comfortable with this dude as the president, then it's like, Oh shit. Uh, You know, and, and he's running for the right reasons. Now you can put a different handicap in terms of his probability of success. Um, I happen to think he has a much higher chance of success because Biden is actually deeply unpopular among even Democratic voters, <laughs> and so so you're you're making an institutional integrity um, observation argument, which I don't disagree with, by the way, because the, the Dems are you know. Uh, playing dirty every chance they get. But even Dean shaming them and showing just how dirty it is is actually kind of a, a fun win. I don't know if you saw that he apologized to Bernie and being like, hey, I'm sorry. You were right. It is right. Um, and, and when you talk about the the Dems versus independents and whatnot, let's say I got up tomorrow and said, hey, I'm running for president. Uh, I might choose to do it as a Dem because of the same things where it's like, you know, the same way maybe a Bernie or a Dean. It's like, look, you, you can try and uh um. Like run over the resistance within one of the parties, and then if you succeed, then that has massive, massive upside. I mean, Trump did on the Republican side; it was more susceptible. Um, mm-hmm. Now I think that shit is fucked up, and and we we now have <laughs> you know, like
1: I get um, I look I I I get it, man. Like you know I look at him like 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 a Buddha judge like. Like, he, 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 you know, he's going to give it a good shot. He's probably not going to win. He's going to be around for a long time. He can be a positive influence. But at the end of the day, I would argue, and, and I think many independents feel this way, by supporting anybody within the current system, you're perpetuating the status quo. So when like no labels he, 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 or with even, honor, even
0: if that person's going to shake that shit up, like let's say Nikki Haley turn around, but, and but he like, might
1: he 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 might shake it up more if if he wasn't a part of it, right? Like you you left, right? You left the party and yeah. you started your own thing, and he would he might be a more formidable opponent if he was at forward or if he was just independent. And so look, you're a Knicks fan, you're an optimist by nature, right? And and I think I'm I'm am more, I am too. No,
0: dude, it's even more extreme. I'm actually a Nets fan now. So <laughs> yeah, I, I like
1: saw a, that, which makes me question loyal on a different level. Dude, it, it's,
0: so I, I, I mean... Jeremy Hold on, let me come back to that. Let me ask you a real... There's a question I want to ask. When asking. the Knicks jumped, dumped Jeremy Lin, I was like, uh, I was like pissed off. I and, don't, then the, I, and then the Nets signed him, so I was like, all right, cool. I feel Jeremy you on Lin, that. I
1: feel. But let me ask you this. Are you ride or die with Dean Phillips, right? Because here's the thing. Liz Cheney could declare, uh, you know, uh, Mark Cuban could declare, um, you know, Trump could run as an independent if, if for some reason there's a, there's a, there's a multiple scenarios That could unfold but are you ride or die
0: with dean phillips
1: all the way to the
0: end until he drops out or not well so dean's going to contest the democratic primary and he's already said look uh, if by march uh it's clear that he's not going to be the nominee um then he's going to drop out and not run as an independent um so one of the great things about the dean candidacy is that it's a sprint It's like, you know, I mean, frankly, he has to do very, very well in New Hampshire for the thing to work. That's January 23rd. So let's push the shit out of that, because if he does upset Biden there, then the game is on. Um, But, you know, if it doesn't work out, we're going to know by March. And then by March, you still will have candidates declaring or like they haven't declared yet. I mean, if Liz and this is
1: also we're talking about this March time frame, which is going to be interesting, not just because of March Madness. This is when the mysterious no labels plan will be revealed, which I've called like the box from seven, you know, that scene in, in, in seven with Brad Pitt, what's in the fucking like, box, what's in the fucking box. Yeah. Right. And it out might spring, you know, Mark Cuban. I think they're probably hoping for something more like that. If Dude, not, Mark
0: Cuban is not their cup of tea at all. I mean, I no, know, but, too. but,
1: but they have been, you know, uh, consistently, uh, and, Mark Cuban's uh, my cup of tea. <laughs> I know he is. Right. right? I mean, if,
0: if Mark Cuban's up there against Dean Phillips, who are you going to pick, Andrew? Well, the, the fun thing is that if, if Dean's the Democratic nominee in the way that you describe, um, then Martin- but he's not
1: like, let's let's run this. through. He's not OK. He loses to Biden. Biden's got Biden's got the nomination. Now it's all starting to sort out. We got Trump and Biden. It's looking more inevitable. No labels is considering popping out somebody. And maybe they do. And it's Joe Manchin or Kirsten Cinema or John Huntsman. And then there's a chance for maybe a, a, a dean to jump in. Which, which is kind of a two-part question. I want to ask you: like, at that point, should all independents drop out so they're not spoilers? Because I've been one of many saying I support independents at the local level. I want to see open primaries and ranked choice voting and change of the system. But I don't want independents continuing to give us a bad name. And I do believe that most of the current independent candidates will take votes away from Biden. And I ultimately want to stop Trump too. And I hope they all drop out. Now I don't know where you are in that camp, but 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 that's a two-part question I would love to hear your thoughts on.
0: Yeah, man, I'm an anyone-but-Trump guy, and I'm a numbers guy. Um, so people ask me, like, hey, are you considering running? And if I were to run, I would increase the chances of Trump winning. So I would not do that, and I would not run. And so if if you were to put me next to, let's say, you know, a Joe Manchin type and you were to ask me my opinion, I'd be like, dude, if you run, you're going to help Trump win. So do not run. Uh, you know, it's like uh, and until I saw something very, very compelling that indicated otherwise, that's where I'd be. But I've seen the numbers and that's what they say. Mm. Yeah. And so should they all drop
1: out? Should 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 Cornell drop out? Should, you know, all the Kennedy's now calling himself an independent um, as well, someone who's supporting independence Kennedy, and wants to see reform, is it better for the process for them to be in there and take a couple of votes away from Biden or should
0: or, or should they drop out? Well, Kennedy's an interesting one because uh, I think he weakens Trump, actually, uh, you know, by several points. So yeah. it, it's case by case, in my opinion. I was talking to someone who was looking at running for a president just in one state to get ballot access. And it was a state that one of the parties had won by double digits. And so the odds of them, um, you know, changing anything at that level, very, very low. So I'd be like, sure, you know, I mean, it, it is um, uh, very much um, on a candidate by candidate basis. Uh, you know, for for me personally, like, I I think I would increase the chance of Trump winning. So I wouldn't do it. Um, I do think Joe Manchin is in that boat. Liz Cheney is an interesting one. Uh, you know, I'd have to see those numbers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's going to be one I think we're going to be thinking more about. But there's also one last scenario that I've talked about on the show, I know you and I have at least thought about, which is, you know, the real total disruption, which is one of them dies. Nobody wants to talk about it, but we should be planning for worst case scenarios. It's what failed to happen in Israel, right? You have to have imagination to think about what could happen that could be very, very disruptive. And there's a very real possibility that one or maybe even both of them might not be alive in November. If that happens, then we see the real disruption and maybe potentially an opportunity for a legitimate, independent, unifying, third-party candidate to to to, to break through. If you've got chaos on one side or the other, and it's not Biden versus Trump, then it's busted wide open, right?
0: Well, well. here's my pitch for an independent candidacy. And I've, I've been open about this to no labels or anybody. Um, said that you need to give the people a say. Uh, you need to, in my opinion, let people vote online in places that are not Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and say, do you prefer Cuban or uh, Westmore or whoever it happens to be? And then if you have millions of Americans saying, "Ooh, I, I like this person, I like that person," and that person actually has the will of the people behind them, it's very very different than if you have some uh DC insiders who say, "Hey, here's my uh version of the establishment. Don't you love it?" Um if if you do this my version of the establishment, you're going to cap your ceiling well below the 30 6, 38% you're going to need to actually win. Mm. Um, so, it, it, you know, and but a lot of folks don't actually, and this is one of the the nasty things about this, a lot of these folks don't want to submit it to the will of the people. Um, to me, there's no other way but to let Americans lead us out of this uh, and say, look, here are your real candidates. So th- that would be my vision for an independent primary, um, which I think can happen as soon as 2028. Um, the the 2024 cycle is the let's let's try and keep it all from slipping into madness uh, via no. Trump cycle. Um, so I'm as you can imagine. I mean, I spend a lot of my time building the alternative, very very sympathetic, um, but I'm also a realist. And so, if I were to be like, "Hey, fuck it," I'm running for president right now in 24. Like, I would fuck shit up, like in the sense that, like, you know, like one, I would not end up becoming president, and two, I would fuck shit up. So, like, I'm, you know, like not unwise enough to do that.
1: Rule number one: Don't fuck shit up. Right? I mean, I think, you
0: know, yeah, no, I think that's
1: right. And, and And you and I have been you know, thought partners on a lot of things. And, and what I appreciate is I think we are looking at the long view, looking at the decades ahead. And I think most independents are too, right? Like the reasonable ones, the thoughtful ones, the ones who understand that there's a need for structural reform and new leadership understand that this isn't the moment, but that moment could be coming four years down the line or 10 years down the line where a guy like Yemi Mobilade in a totally different open primary system with a totally disrupted uh, duopoly could win and could be a unifier and could be reasonable, right? I mean, that's what we're... And and I've said this to you before, talked about it on the show. Veterans are uniquely positioned. Celebrities are uniquely positioned. Athletes like Rocky Blyer and others are uniquely positioned. So I hope that there's this wave of new leadership coming in the years to come, complemented by that structural reform that you and others have been working so hard on.
0: Yes. I do want to return, though... Two, okay, so what can we do that doesn't fuck shit up during this cycle? And and that's one reason why I'm like, let's boost the hell out of Dean Phillips. Like, if you want to upgrade the Biden-Trump rematch, boost the hell out of Dean Phillips. And if it doesn't work, no harm done. You know, like you went from Biden to Biden. It's like, okay. Yeah, it and, I, and this is where I'm going to be
1: contrarian with you. Like, I would not vote for Dean Phillips over Biden. I wouldn't. I just, I just, I just don't think he, he has. Do you think ability- Dean Phillips
0: has a better chance of beating Trump than Biden?
1: I don't, actually. I actually don't. I don't think he has the star power. I don't think he has the support of, of as many people as as Biden does. I don't think the Democratic Party would just magically coalesce around Dean Phillips. I think they would fragment into a million pieces like they normally do, especially at a time where you've got this rise of the progressive left, especially on Israel, which is also driving a lot of people away from the Democratic Party, people who have been tr- traditionally diehard Democrats. So I honestly don't. I don't think that's another reason why. I'm not big on him. I think people continue to underestimate that at the end of the day, the people are are more willing to vote for the old guy uh, who may not be all with it than the crazy fascist who wants to blow it all up. At the end of the day, I I think people are going to come home to Biden. uh, I think he'd be a lot better off if he didn't have Kamala Harris as his VP. And that's why I've said switch for Wes Moore or someone who has a national security background who brings all the energy and people would be okay with if you died. that's the move I would make if I were Biden. I would drop Harris and put somebody in who people feel okay with. But at the end of the day, I I don't think Phillips would be better than Biden. I don't.
0: Yeah, um, I I agree with you. You should swap out Kamala. Um, I I think that if you get the age and unpopularity off the table, uh, you're in better shape. Uh, And I talk to independents like you do. And a lot of them just look at Joe Biden and say like, I just can't vote for that dude. Um, Now, uh, you know, like, They now and most of them have never heard of Dean Phillips and don't know of Madam. So there's a lot of work to be done on that. But knowing the human being, and uh, I don't know how well you know Dean. It's like Dean's a really, really great guy. Who if America understood what they had in him, they'd be like, I'm fine with this guy. Mm -hmm. Like he's a tough guy to hate, uh, honestly. Um, And there are folks who really turned on Joe Biden, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, stewardship of the economy. Age. There is some baked in corruption, frankly, to the way the Democratic Party is doing this that is turning sure. some folks off. Uh, and so if you have a figure like Dean overcome the corrupt machinery and come up and be like, hey, guys, like I'm an actual decent 54 year old human being who wants to get shit done. Like I, I like I think Americans would be open to him, including a lot who've made up their mind on Biden for some of the reasons you just described. Yeah. I, I I understand
1: it, and I and I always appreciate the the, the thoughtfulness you give it, and that you take stands. Um, I just I just don't think he's going to crack through. Like I don't think he's got it, and and I that, that's part of why. And and he's a Democrat, so I'm like shit. Like I'm rooting for the disruption of the status quo. I'm rooting for the rock. When I see him walking around D.C., I'm like,
0: come on, man. Go Dude, if, the, if, if The Rock was in the Democratic primary uh, or running around, I like I might be with you. But as, or as is, an independent,
1: like, I mean, he, he everybody says an independent can't win. The Rock polls right now that he wins. Right. He wins. And and I think that's the kind of like creative thinking that we need to have. And it's what's worked in the past with Jesse Ventura and with Arnold Schwarzenegger and others that have been able. I, to-
0: I would be I would be on board with the Rock candidacy. Right, well, um, then we but, can. But, you know, but the, the Rock and a lot of these other figures are waiting till 28 that's and, right and yeah and so you know like that's right. 28 we can take a look at it but right now 23 24 it's like these are our choices and dean phillips is the only person who's actually got and, and by the way as a candidate i appreciate this a great deal people love having their names thrown around um but then when you decide to run you're in the shit yeah and so dean is actually the only one who's like all right fuck this shit like I, I'm i'm willing to do it and then when they did it, by the when he did it, by the way, it's like the knives came out. He got called all sorts of nasty things like that. Like, and a lot of folks are resisting getting into this process because they know that will happen to them, too. They know well, that as soon as they, they get into it, then the knives will come out and be like, oh, this person, blah, 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 blah. And just that he raised his hand, decided to walk through the fire. He's in it like these other people, including a lot of people you and I discussed and talk about have not made that choice.
1: I, I I think that's important. And you're right. And and look, in the meantime, I hope he comes on the show. I put an invite out to Steve Schmidt. I put it out publicly. I hope Dean Phillips will come on the show and join me. Uh, Andrew, maybe you can help make that happen. But in, in the meantime, I hope that you can be prepared to run for mayor again in case Adams goes down. Uh, and, and, and I hope that our Knicks can keep on rocking. And at least we'll have that to be positive and optimistic and united about.
0: Yeah, man, just gotta gotta like stay positive ourselves because there are a lot of people that rely on us. I, you know, in terms, of, I was thinking of our families, but then you know, the people outside the family too. Well, it's true. And
1: you're a positive uh, energy source, man, and a positive leader and continue to be a great role model. And I'm I'm grateful for all that you're doing out there, man. You support a lot of people and you spend a lot of your time lifting others up. And I think that's that's maybe the most important part of your legacy is how many people you're helping and inspiring, especially in a time like this, and especially in a place like New York where, where we really need it right now. So thank you for continuing to be a great leader. You took the red eye last night. So thank you for sticking around. Thank you to your son who made a guest appearance And I hope you'll come back again, man, and stay vigilant.
0: Independence. Let's go. (laughs) Appreciate you, Paul. Thank you, brother. Bye-bye.
1: All right. Talking to Andrew Yang is a reminder that there are people out there working to do good. You may not agree with him. You may not agree with his approach. You may not agree with his positions, but I think you can agree that he's a good American. He's a leader who cares. And maybe most of all, he's a role model and a helper.
0: Always look for the helpers. There, were, there will always be helpers, you know, even just on the sidelines. If you look for
1: the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. The mm-hmm. cat the helpers are out there, especially this holiday season, I'm going to try and elevate and amplify them every way I can. We're going to continue to bring you conversational episodes and my occasional breakdowns. Be sure to check out the video of this conversation with Andrew Yang and all of our recent episodes at the YouTube page for Independent Americans or at independentamericans.us, where you can also get some merch, get some hot, cool, fun, Independent Americans merch to put under your Christmas tree to celebrate Hanukkah or just to send someone out there in the world to help lift their spirits this holiday. Special shout out to all of our Patreon members and especially our newest members, including Jen. Welcome to the Patreon community, Jen. It's great to have you supporting this work. If you want to join her and others and find out sneak previews of upcoming guests, get content early and with no ads and get discounts and all kinds of other good stuff. Check out independentamericans.us where you can join our Patreon community. Be sure to check me out weekly on News Nation with Colin McShane. I won't be there this Wednesday because News Nation is actually hosting the GOP debate, but I'll be there on Friday and in weeks to come. Check me out on MSNBC's Deadline White House with Alicia Menendez, who's been filling in with Nicole Wallace, who's out on maternity leave, but pops back from time to time. And be sure to follow us on every social media platform and tell your friends. Tell them to join this community of independent Americans. Invite everyone you know to declare their independence. It's a special holiday gift to yourself and to the future of your country. And stay vigilant, especially around the holidays, because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. And hope is the oxygen of democracy, something we need more of now than ever before. And know you're not alone in your vigilance. We're all vigilant. We're all in this together. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Thank you for listening. Down with Hamas down with putin slava ukraine especially now and stay vigilant america ho 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 Powered Power by, Power. by righteous media